This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that my mom does not like, and she likes everyone. Here is the captain. To all those mothers I know, happy Mother's Day. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. This week, we are very happy to be featuring Mom Jeans by the good folks up the road from my house. It's Hoof Hearted Brewing. Mom Jeans is a double milk stout with hoof coffee and Tahitian vanilla. ABV 8% garage grade, four out of five bottle caps. And let's give some cheers and praise to our good friends out there that helped us out with this week's beer fun. First up, a cheers to Christina from Arkansas. A big shout out to Amy and Aaron in Hamilton, Ohio. Next, we have a cheers to Amanda in Prairie Village, Kansas. And a big shout out to Tommy Boy in Adelaide, Australia. Here we go, Captain. We have a shout to Abraham down in the big city of Houston, Texas. And last but certainly not least, we have a big, big, big thank you to Chip and Jennifer just outside of NOLA. Everyone we just mentioned, well, they went to truecrimegarage.com and they helped us out with this week's beer fund. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, B-W-E-R-U-N, Beer Run. And check out our store page this week. We have some new awesome t-shirts available. Thanks for the support. Thanks for telling a friend. And that's enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. During the course of this investigation, we have concluded the first sketch released will become secondary as of today. The result of the new information and intelligence over time leads us to believe the sketch, which you will see shortly, is the person responsible for the murders of these two little girls. We also believe this person is from Delphi. Currently or has previously lived here, visits Delphi on a regular basis, or works here. We believe this person is currently between the age range of 18 and 40, but might appear younger than his true age. Directly to the killer, who may be in this room. 
We believe you are hiding in plain sight. For more than two years, you never thought we would shift gears to a different investigative strategy, but we have. We likely have interviewed you or someone close to you. We know that this is about power to you. And you want to know what we know. And one day, you will. A question to you. What will those closest to you think of when they find out that you brutally murdered two little girls? Two children. Only a coward would do such a thing. We are confident that you have told someone what you have done. Or at the very least, they know because of how different you are since the murders to the murderer. I believe you have just a little bit of a conscience left. And I can assure you that how you left them in that woods is not, it's not what they're experiencing today. This is from the Journal and Courier here, Captain, and I will read this to you and everybody out there in listener land. Lafayette, Indiana. Detectives investigating the February 13, 2017 killings of Libby German and Abby Williams have taken notice of James Bryan Chadwell II. Tippecanoe County prosecutors accused Chadwell of luring a nine-year-old girl into his house at 714 Park Avenue on April 19th. That's April 19th of this year, 2021. Once inside his house, Chadwell allegedly beat the girl, sexually assaulted her, and locked her in the basement until police knocked on his door. Quote, the information has obviously been shared with us, and our investigators are looking into him, said Carroll County Sheriff Tobe Lesenby. He did not elaborate on any details about the investigation into Chadwell. Indiana State Police Sergeant Jeremy Pierce said they do not comment on whom detectives might be investigating, but noted that the state police works collaboratively with agencies in the district, which we know to be true specifically here, Captain, in the Delphi double murders investigation that's ongoing, been going on way too long, we all thought we would catch Bridge Guy within weeks of the case. And here we sit over four years later. We know that the Carroll County Sheriff's Department is working the case. We know that the Delphi City Police are assisting Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. And we also know that Indiana State Police, who have really been at the kind of the front line of this, at least from a media and press perspective, They're working the case, and we also have the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the F to the B to the I, working the investigation as well. Well, what's really fascinating here with James Bryan Chadwell is he's really the first person of interest or suspect in quotation marks to hit beyond the regional or local level and actually get talked about in national media since Daniel Nations. Or are we just so starved for information or starved for a real viable suspect at this point that we're pushing it, you know, out of proportion here? Possibly. Prosecutors have charged Chadwell with attempted murder, child molesting, attempted child molesting, kidnapping, criminal confinement, battery resulting in serious bodily injury and strangulation. They also filed a sentence enhancing charge of being an habitual offender, which if guilty could add between six and 20 years to Chadwell's sentence. Look, this guy, regardless if he's bridge guy or in any way involved in the Delphi case, this guy is, is one bad dude, one dude that needs to be off the streets and who knows what he would have done to this victim 
if police had not got hip to him being the possible suspect here. Well, he's a giant bag of shit is what he is. But it's fascinating to me that that they went around looking. It doesn't seem like he's a direct neighbor of her, but in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, they knock on his door. He answers. He tells police, oh, yeah, I saw her earlier. Right. But she's not here. And that kind of makes them question as they're going back and searching different areas. They go, let's go back to that guy because he's now the only person I believe in that area that said, oh, I saw her during this time period. So then when they go back, think about this from law enforcement standpoint, you go back and this guy lets you into the house. And as you're walking around, you see chains around the door. Or, or some kind of lock system around the, the the basement door. And you're going to go, okay, well, now we need to go down there. We need to. Mm-hmm. But he lets them in. As, as far as their records show, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, go down to the basement and search. Uh, almost like he knew he was caught and he might as well just give in. But could you imagine what's going through law enforcement's head at the time on, on what they're going to see and probably what they did see is still hard for them to believe. Right. No, I, I guarantee it's, it's shocking even to these officers who have seen a lot and you, you try to put yourself in that mindset and the the way that I think of this here, captain, as this whole thing going down and often it is in fact like a neighbor or somebody living in the neighborhood, especially when you see someone around this age where our victim is in that age of like the six to 12 year old range. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I, I never am surprised anymore. It, it hit me early in my teens when you'd see this stuff on, on news coverage, we're looking for so-and-so, you know, police in, in Kansas city are looking for a nine-year-old police in Orlando, Florida are looking for an 11 year old child that was last seen in their neighborhood or, or was presumed to have got off the bus that day, but never came home. And it's usually rather quick that they make the connection and find that the perpetrator was in fact living in that neighborhood so much so that now when I see the news break on a child missing of that age, my mind immediately goes to, well, I hope that they're combing this neighborhood very well because it often ends up being someone in that neighborhood. And we know the statistics tell us that specifically with these child cases and and the younger victims, that once they are abducted, a lot of times they're not going to be returned. And it's rather quickly that they become, they go from being an abduction victim to a murder victim. Well, and I think that's what would have happened here if law enforcement didn't go back and question James Brian Chadwell the second time. So with Chadwell, I wonder a couple of things here. They're going around. They're obviously canvassing the, the, the neighborhood. They're knocking on doors. And, you know, some people are a little sensitive to some of the questions that might be out there in regards to how police and how detectives might conduct their, their questioning, even if it's in a casual manner, searching for answers Uh, In whatever case that it is, I know in particular with the West Memphis three case, there are people that are sensitive and don't like the nine questions that the FBI put together for the detectives to ask members of those that area down there in West Memphis. But these questions are put together in this way to really help the officers, be it a beat cop or a seasoned detective really give them a nice gauge on the honesty level or how quickly do we prioritize this person as a possible lead in our case or how quickly can we deprioritize them, put them lower on the list? Because especially in this case with this young girl she's missing, we're, we're not even to the point of worried about who did this. We're not even worried about convicting someone of abducting this little girl. Mm -hmm. Our whole thought is find her, right? Find her, make her safe as soon as possible. So 
you see that they crafted questions, the FBI, for investigators in West Memphis. And I wonder here, Captain, if we have a similar situation. Officers going around and, you know, knocking on doors, people answering the doors. You're asking very quick questions. Have you seen a a little girl? That's going to be your your very quick, your first go-to. Your second question, and in Chadwell's case, this is what I think they did. I think they, you throw out a question that you can kind of have the needle point to, is he guilty of something? Is he hiding something? Or is this somebody we can quickly move on from? And you say something to the effect of, okay, well, Mr. Chadwell, thank you for your time today. Oh, is there... Why would somebody tell us that they saw you talking to a little girl earlier today? Mm-hmm. You're not saying anybody told you that. You're not saying that you saw the the victim in his, you know, near his house or near his property. You're saying why would someone, you know, just like they asked Damien Eccles, why would we find your fingerprints at the crime scene? They didn't. Right. He doesn't know that. But you word it in a way that you're not really truly lying to the person you're questioning. In this case, I wonder if that's exactly what they did. Because most of the time, Captain, a guilty person, somebody with something to hide, their immediate knee-jerk reaction is going to be, well, I have to explain this away in an innocent manner. And then these guys, if they believe me, well, they'll just move on to the next house. And so often they'll they'll put themselves at the crime scene. They'll say, oh, well, I might have been seen there because I drive by there every day. Or I might have been seen in this area because I think on that particular day I got lost and turned around and so and so. Here, why would someone tell us that they saw you talking to a little girl? Oh, I think she was around here earlier. She came by here earlier, but I haven't seen her in a while. Well, as soon as you hear that, you're going, oh, crap. This guy just admitted to us that he has spoke to, likely spoke to our victim. And we're searching for this girl. Immediate thought is get this girl, save this girl, protect this girl. This dude, too, he's got a criminal history. He's got a police record. Yeah. A big one. So now you're telling us, dude, I don't know, and we'll get into this as we go, and some of this I'm going to learn as we venture along here too, Captain. But my guess would be if he's on probation for something, you're going to bring that up, Uh, especially if you've called in his name. He's on probation for something. When they say they came back to his house and then he let them in and they searched, you have to wonder, was that coming back to his house as quickly as walking away from talking to him, him saying, yeah, I saw her earlier, yeah, and then running a background check on this dude? You know, we have a James Bryan Chadwell II who lives at uh, this address on Park Avenue. Tell us what you know. They pull up his record. Oh, he's on probation. Let's go strong arm this guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to very quickly likely lets you into his home whether he's hiding anything or not a lot of times that that's one thing that's interesting in a lot of these cases you know we talk about something like like what we had last week with um, uh, Branson Perry case where the 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 cables the jumper cables were returned to the shed mysteriously they weren't there before when he went missing and then two weeks go by and they appear well if an innocent person replaced them And the police put out to the public, we want to know who had those jumper cables. Where did they come from? Mm -hmm. The innocent person comes forward. And even if the person has a past, I I get it. You know, hey, I don't want to be, I don't want to be turned into some kind of frame job for this case because I got a lengthy criminal background here. But a lot of times what you will see, especially when it comes to sex offenders and to people on probation As soon as they're asked, we talk about the pervert roundup all the time in these cases. A lot of these sexual offenders will come forward. They don't even have to go and knock on their door. They come forward and they want to tell you, this is where I was that day. 
I'm innocent. I had nothing to do with this. I do not want to be locked up for 15 years. Right. So they probably strong armed him. He's, you know, we said he's got a background. He's probably on probation. You know, you should probably let us in. Here's the other thing. In a lot of states, I don't know about Indiana, the good, the Hoosier state, but in a lot of states, they don't necessarily have to have a search warrant to force their way into a home of an individual that's on probation. No, because what they can do is they can call your PO. Right. Your PO can go in there. So it's not a matter of us getting a search warrant, Mr. Chadwell. It's a matter of your PO is officer so-and-so. Well, it's only it's a matter of how long it takes them to drive over here, and they just walk into your home. Well, and this is one of the reasons why I'm a, not a detective or a cop. I mean, because if you ever watch True Detective season one, and how you know Woody Harrelson's character handles justice midway through, is probably what would happen in this case. I mean, once they go down to the basement, they see this nine year old has been raped. There's different reports of bruising on her legs, uh, bite marks from the dog on her legs. And the rumor was that there was blood coming out of her eyes because of how badly he strangled her. You see that on a nine-year-old and I'm holding a gun. It'd be very hard not to just pull the trigger and get it over with. Well, there's bad cops that do that and they get locked up and there's good cops that that I don't know if we should classify them as a bad. Well, I I would prefer that the that my officers are making arrests and not just shooting people vigilante style. But the the good cops focus on making the arrest and making it in a lawful way that you will secu- secure a conviction later. Because that's their job is to arrest, not to not not to carry out the the sentence themselves. Yeah, I understand that. That's why I'm saying I'm not a cop. Right. So I just wouldn't have it in me. I, I wouldn't have it in me. Like maybe you don't shoot the guy, but I don't have it in me not to beat the living shit out of the guy. And so that's why I'm I'm not a police officer. Your application has been denied, Mister Captain. Yeah, they go. If this happened, what would you do? I'd be. Like, I would beat the shit out of the guy. Well, you got a lot of things going on here once you enter the premises. So you're it's you and one other officer at this time. And what you have in this situation is you have a dog to concern yourself with. Dogs, for whatever reason, they don't like the mailman and they don't like police. It, it might be the uniform. I don't know. But you have a dog to contend with and you have this individual that you know has a criminal record and you're now you're now playing an away game. It's his home turf. You don't know what's inside that house. And so you're going to have one officer who is going to focus on the individual, Mr. Chadwell. And the other officer is going to be observing everything, looking for a reason why this girl may have either been in the premises at some point or was still inside. And so one of them is going to notice that there's some type of lock and we'll get into that. And then, when you do, when you notice that there's some kind of contraption locking up the basement door, you're going to send one officer down there and the other's going to stay up there with upstairs with Mr. Chadwell so he doesn't uh, give you the old sneak attack. And as you pointed out here earlier, Captain, Chadwell is just the latest among what's being a growing list of suspects as far as the public and the media is concerned. And the journal and courier goes on to say Chadwell is not the first person accused of an abduction crime who has been investigated as a person of interest in the Delphi murders. None of the other people of interest turned out to be a suspect. This again, according to this, this outlet here. Right. But what I was also stating is we've had so many people that have come on the radar as far as social media and maybe they get a blimp in the in the actual media but this is one of the first individuals that there's national coverage of him and and multiple national coverage people following up on the story there was a lot of coverage on daniel nations yes there was i mean but that's what i'm saying is but but between daniel nations and and uh, chadwell we've had how many individuals that people have been comparing side by sides to Oh, 
We couldn't even count the number. You know, the, as far as the major ones go, there's been a good handful. But, uh, yeah, there's been hundreds, if not a thousand or more, that people online have, have done right. side-by-sides and so on and so forth. So to go on with this article here, they say on April 19th, the nine-year-old girl's parents reported her missing about 7 p.m. She had been gone for about 30 minutes. So the parents, uh, God bless them, were and, and very smartfully so, uh, were quick to act here. Chadwell's next-door neighbor, Jason Walling, told the Journal Courier last week that he was driving home from work, turned into his alley, and noticed Chadwell speaking with a woman in the alley. It was after that the girl was reported. He says this was after the girl was reported missing because a few minutes later, police cars were parked in front of his house and officers were focused on Chadwell's house. Right. The police officers knocked on Chadwell's door. The journal courier says this might have saved the little girl's life. Prosecutors said the girl told police she believed Chadwell was going to kill her. The knock forced James Chadwell to stop his sexual assault, quickly dress, and answer the door, according to the prosecutor's probable cause affidavit. Mm-hmm. Chadwell allowed officers to search his house, and they found the girl locked in the basement. She had been beaten, strangled, attacked by Chadwell's dog, and sexually assaulted, according to police and prosecutors. Meanwhile, anyone with information about Libby and Abby's killings is encouraged to contact law enforcement by email at abbyandlibbytip at caco.shrf.com. And, um, of course, you can find that information as well at the uh, Indiana State Police's website. Well, and I think once this individual comes on their radar and they have him in custody for this crime, now what we do know is, is this individual is this individual capable of murder? Well, from all accounts of this crime, he was in the process of murdering a nine-year-old. And then you go a step further and go, well, is it possible he was in the area? Well, this area is roughly, what, 15 miles from Delphi? So that puts him roughly in the area. Now we have to figure out, is he actually a person of interest or a likely suspect? Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today.
The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for telling a friend about our little garage show. Cheers to you, Colonel. Cheers to you, Captain. And backing up some of the stuff you were saying before the break here, heavy.com captain says James Brian Chadwell, the second is a 42 year old Lafayette, Indiana man who was accused of attempted murder after police found an injured missing nine year old girl in his basement on April 19th of this year. And as you pointed out, the authorities in nearby Delphi only 15 miles away said they are investigating him as a possible suspect in the notorious unsolved 2017 murders of Delphi teens, Abigail Williams and Liberty German. The detectives told ABC news that there quote might air quotes might be a connection, but stress that there is no specific link as of yet connecting Chadwell to the Delphi case. Well, like I said, I think the first connection is distance. I, I think everybody could agree that is not that big of a distance to cover. No, 15 miles, not, not big at all. And that I think would go along with a lot of speculation that's come from people that listen to this show 
and posted on our blog that a lot of people seem to think that the guy would have some kind of local ties to the Delphi area. Right. Maybe was once from there and hasn't lived there in years or returned for whatever reason. Or, like in Chadwell's case, it's somebody that could simply hop in a vehicle and have drove down there on that day. This here, Captain, is from the probable cause affidavit for Chadwell's arrest. So this will give us the legal speak of what the police found. It says, on April 19, 2021, officers were dispatched regarding a missing child report near Park Avenue in Lafayette, Indiana. Upon arrival, officers took a report stating victim one, a female child approximately 10 years old, had left her residence at approximately 6.30 p.m. and could not be found. While officers were searching the neighborhood, they made contact with James Chadwell, who told officers victim one had been at his residence earlier but had left the residence. After being unable to locate victim one, officers returned to Chadwell's residence and asked him for permission to check his residence for victim one. Chadwell allowed officers into his residence and officer Tate and Servies, I hope I'm saying his last name right, checked the basement, which was secured with a chain lock. Most people, I wouldn't, I know at my house, no chain lock on the Colonel's basement. Uh, in the basement, Tate found a young girl who said Chadwell tried to kill her. That's that's the thing. You 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 pointed out. Is this individual? Is this James Chadwell capable of murder? And you said yes, based off this crime. You think that's what was going to happen? I agree, one hundred percent. But we don't even have to give our opinions here. We had this child victim mm-hmm. tells the officers this guy was, was going. He was trying to kill me. Yeah. And I, and I don't, again, I don't know if it's just rumor or hearsay that there was blood coming out of her eyes, but that's why I'm saying you see something like that as a police officer, you're going to want, you're going to want to take justice into your own hands. Oh yeah. You, you have to be a, a very special individual to hold back and say, nope, I got to do my due diligence, collect all the information, do it as a uh, professional as I can. So we can make sure that this animal is behind bars and never does this again. Well, my right hand, that's the one that I draw my gun with. And that's when it starts getting that shake going. Mm-hmm. So where you go, okay, brain, brain and heart control this hand because it's starting to get a mind of its own. Okay. So from this article, it says he allowed them into the home. They found the basement was secured with a chain lock And it goes into a little more detail here. It says, they found a young girl who was visibly distraught and crying with her clothing on the floor beside her. Again, she was in the basement. She was identified as the missing girl and said that Chadwell tried to kill her. She was injured and taken to the hospital for treatment. The girl described going into Chadwell's residence to pet his dogs. While inside the home, Chadwell attacked her, she said. The girl said Chadwell, quote, hit her in the head multiple times because she was fighting back. Victim one said Chadwell was also choking her with his hands on her neck and also using his arm in a headlock to the point where she passed out. Okay, just a quick aside here. This Chadwell guy, and there's there's plenty of pictures of him online, but he's he he's not a small dude. I found a couple pictures where he's rather looks rather built or rather to be in rather good shape. No, that's not good shape. Um, I don't know what pictures you're seeing. Well, I'll I'll show you one when these mics aren't on and I I think you'll agree with me, but, um, no, I've, I've, whatever pictures I've seen of him, this guy is trashed. It just likes to take his shirt off and show his trash tattoos. Right. Well, regardless, I'm just pointing out here, Captain, that this is this is a a, a full size grown, yeah, man, a grown man attacking yeah. a a small girl, and so when well, when I, I would say he's overweight for his height, which would make him look a little bit larger. Right. I mean, again, there's there's plenty of pictures out there, and I'm sure he's probably varied in size depending on what picture you're looking at. But he's five eight, right? He used her, hold on, 
she, he used his hands on her neck and also using his arm in a headlock to the point where she passed out. Victim one said most of her clothes were off when she regained consciousness. So he choked her out and then she wakes up, you know, she was fighting back. He chokes her out. She wakes up. Most of her clothes are off when she comes to and says that Chadwell took her into the basement. He attempted to have sexual intercourse with her and then made her perform oral sex on him. The affidavit alleges at one point, Chadwell got dressed to go answer the door. This we now know is when police knock on the door. Right. Uh, across her neck, it says when police found her, found the victim in his basement, across her neck were lateral strangulation marks, and she had broken blood vessels with black eyes. Anybody that has seen, you know, MMA or, or, you know, street fights where someone gets choked out, they have those broken blood vessels in their eyes and often black, almost, you know, raccoon looking marks around their, their eyes on the outside of the skin. And then on the inside, that's where you get the, the bloodshot. And I'm not talking about a morning after a night of tequila mm-hmm. bloodshot eyes. I'm talking about red where the, where, where there was once white, there is now red. Uh, They found bruising to her head, arms, and legs, and bite marks, according to the court document. This would be the um, at least one dog bite that she suffered during this horrific, horrific incident. And you wonder if this is uh, not so much a him sicking the dog on her, but just these two are fighting each other. Some dogs are going to react when they see that. Court records show that Chadwell faces the following charges, attempted murder, attempted intentional killing of another, child molesting, uh, where the defendant is, this means Chadwell, the, the suspect, is at least 21 years of age, kidnapping where the victim is less than 14 years of age, because the reason why they define it that way is there will be a different sentencing protocol, different penalties for this type of specific crime criminal confinement resulting in serious bodily injury battery resulting in serious bodily injury and strangulation a post on facebook from a woman who said she was related to the nine-year-old victim claimed chadwell quote strangled her so bad blood came out of her eyes Mm -hmm. her trachea is damaged to where all she can do is eat through a straw. If it hadn't been for the speed of the Lafayette police department arriving on the scene, she would be dead. She was only nine. He's punching her and his pit bull is biting her. And this woman goes on to praise the first responders. Yeah. And this really makes you think here, captain, We've had some stories that we've told over the years, some true crime stories that we've told over the years where some police at certain, you know, some of these cases go back decades and, and we always try to get better. Hopefully we're doing things better today than we did 30 years ago. But we've had these cases that we've discussed where police are not quick to act and you wonder could things have turned out different in that case? And and thank God they they were quick to act in this case. They saved this little girl's life. The the parents and the police acting quickly and very intelligently saved this little girl's life. But obviously, as this story blows up, and I think really also catches some legs, catches some traction, is because one, it's so close to these murders that took place four years prior, similar type victim. And you could also say that this murderer or attempted murderer looks similar to the sketch, to the first sketch that was released by law enforcement and the Delphi murders. The first, I actually think he looks more like the second sketch that was released. The, the younger version. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people compare both. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I mean, sketch one and two don't look great. I mean, they look like different people, but yeah. but 
again, you and I have said and questioned this over the years. Could you envision, you know, when we finally do make an arrest that you could take sketch one and two and overlap them? And that's what the guy will end up looking like. Right. I mean, that's certainly believable. You're right, Captain. I can see features on on this uh, guy um, that do appear to look similar to sketch one and also sketch two as well. He, we said he's 42 years old. I don't know what your perception is here, captain or what everybody else is, is, but you know, Carter, Indiana state police officer, Doug Carter, who did the press conferences for the Delphi murders. And I, I just, I love listening to that man speak. I love hearing the passion in his, his voice and his words when he's talking about the, the community, the families and getting and catching bridge guy. Carter said it himself that, you know, this, this is the age range. This is kind of our physical profile of this dude of bridge guy. He falls within this age group, but Carter says he, he may appear, he may look younger than his actual age. And my general perception here, my general thoughts as far as James Brian Chadwell go, is I think he looks younger than forty two to me. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I it's the agree. trash tattoos or 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 what, but it, but I look at him and my first guess would not be forty two. Well, and I, I just want to be clear: I'm all for tattoos. I love tattoos. Just don't get bad tattoos. Don't get shitty tattoos. No. uh right away when you when you see this guy i was thinking mid 30s right so even though it seems like he, he he's kind of had a uh, a rough go of life probably mostly probably brought his, on by himself right uh he he seems and i i think some of it too is the style of clothes and and stuff he's still into but yeah right away it's like okay maybe 30 35 or so so he puts us, uh, so that's another thing. So we have a individual that uh, is roughly the same age as our suspect. We also know he was in the area or could have been in the area. And he is capable of the crimes that were committed that day in Delphi. So we have three things going for him that definitely make the, the cops have to say, hey, we, we have to look into this individual now, what I wonder is, was this guy ever on their radio, radar before? And because this story got some traction, did they feel like they had to come out and say, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, we're going to look into this guy? And is it just uh, a, a dog and pony show? Or is this a guy that uh, that they actually think could be a, a very good suspect? I suspect we won't hear much unless they decide to charge him with something, right? Because with all of the other quote unquote good suspects that they've had. So let's right. review those real quick. We had Daniel nations who we already mentioned. He's the guy that was swinging hatchets at people out in Woodland park, Colorado, and they arrested him. He looked somewhat like the sketch. He had a criminal history uh, I believe he was a sex offender, registered sex offender in the Indiana state. They looked at him. He was one of the first. Paul Etter, who in 2019 was wanted for kidnapping and raping a 26-year-old woman in Tippecanoe County, Indiana. Five days later, he was the one that was surrounded by police, and after a long standoff, he ends up killing himself in his car. Then we have Thomas Bruce. This was the guy that this guy, this guy completely bizarro case to me, formerly worked as a pastor was charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others. This is the guy that went into that, uh, that store in the, in the strip mall and he pulls a gun on these people, orders them into the back room, assaults them in the back room, and later he's identified as the killer and the person that attacked these poor people in that store. Thankfully, he's abducted. Charles Eldridge, 
He's the big giant ogre looking dude that many of you will recall that was arrested in Union City, Indiana and charged with multiple charges of child molestation and child soliciting. And he gets thrown onto the radar by the public and by the media and social media because he looks a lot or similar to the first sketch of Bridge Guy. And that leads us to the most recent, James Brian Chadwell II. And a lot of people have been looking up this guy. As you said, Captain, this seems to be uh, bigger news than some of the other suspects. It looks to me like on most of his social media that James Brian Chadwell II was going by Brian Chadwell. And you can see, I mean, (laughs) I don't know exactly every account that he was on. I know people were able to look at pictures that he had on Facebook. Avid, like, hiker seemed to be into bridges. I don't know if he was essentially into bridges or if he was just into nature in general but seemed to have somewhat of a fascination with bridges. So then you go, okay, well now we've got this guy. He kind of matches the, the sketch, lives roughly in the area. He has a, he has priors. He's capable of committing these crimes. And all oh, by the way, he likes to be outdoors. He likes to go to parks. He likes to take pictures of bridges. Seems to be fascinated by, by them. Well, and speaking of criminal history this again from heavy.com says chadwell has a lengthy assaultive criminal history in the states of indiana and south dakota and they go on to say that the probable cause affidavit shows that chadwell has an extensive criminal history he was once convicted of criminal recklessness with a deadly weapon which was a felony in that county in miami county He was convicted in 2000 in Pennington County, South Dakota, of assault, aggravated a felony, and was convicted of stolen property. He was convicted in U.S. District Court in South Dakota of being a felon in possession of a firearm. That was in 2001. He was convicted in Minnehaha County, South Dakota, of assault, aggravated This, again, a felony, and this was in 2003. And this is a list, man. He was convicted in Cass County, Indiana, for receiving stolen property in 2016. He was convicted of OWI with a prior. Mm -hmm. This was in 2020. And then again in 2020, he was convicted of criminal trespass and criminal mischief while he was still on probation. Well, I don't know what information is in there or what you can find. I'd like to know more about the, these trespassing charges that he has. Because when you look at the park in Delphi, that bridge is closed off. You're, you're not supposed to go across that bridge. And right. then once they're across the bridge, we know that the murderer takes these two takes these two girls down the hill, across the stream, over to land that is now not the park land, but this is private property that that would be trespassing as well. So would this individual know this area because he would have been cutting through and and using this as an entrance and an exit, his own entrance and exit to this park? Well, and then getting into the specifics on where he may have been living at the time of the Delphi homicides, it says that Chadwell had an ongoing court case in 2017, this for receiving stolen property and the probation violation, and there were no hearings for that court case in February when the girls were killed of 2017. But it says, however, there were hearings in that case in the months after that time frame, and at that time, he was listing his address as Kokomo, Indiana. And it's pointed out that that's 34 miles from Delphi. So again, local, but not local. Uh, he was he was sentenced in June of 2016 for probation violation. Now these are, I'm with you, Captain. I would like to know some more of the specifics of some of these charges And I'm sure there's people out there digging this information up. 
But I think we should point out here too that he was he received a 365 day jail sentence. So he was locked up for this would have been sounds like he was locked up for most if not all of 2020. Right. And then at some point he says that he lived in Peru, Indiana. This is around that 2020 time frame. And his father actually filed a notice of claim to evict him from that address. So he must've been living with his father in Peru, Indiana, and then uh, evicted from there in 2020. So for a portion of this investigation in the Delphi case, at least this guy was locked up. And that brings us to a really good question. I think it's a burning question for everyone out there and has been since February of 2017 when the girls were killed, because we all looked at that case, captain, we all examined that case and thought there's, there's a couple possibilities here. Bridge guy is either a serial killer who has acted before Mm -hmm. or he's a serial killer. And this might be his first attempt or his first, his first actual killing in what would then be a series. So you have to wonder on either of those regards, if either are true, you wonder would bridge guy act again? Would he act again? Eventually. Yeah. And I, that's always been my thought and belief that eventually he would, he, his compulsion would be to, it would control him. Well, and I think they, that's what these, these, this crime is about. The Delphi murders about power, control, manipulation, sex. I think it has a lot to do with all those uh, things. And so therefore killers like that, once they kill, they'll kill again. There's just a cooling off period. Right. And we've said it often on this show that it's almost for some of these guys, the serial rapist or serial killers. It's that's their drug of choice or maybe even not their choice. Again, it controls them. It's their addiction. Eventually they will have to give in to this compulsion. The urge will be too strong. The temptation will be too great. Right. That no matter the risk level that they will reoffend. Because isn't that the other shoe, right? We're all waiting for the other shoe to drop in the Delphi case. There's a lot that can't be agreed upon out there in the uh Twitter sphere, in the internets. It's it's difficult. And a lot there's a lot of opinions out there, a lot of varying opinions. But it seems to me that the majority of the people, Captain, seem to believe that, yes, this is a serial offender or the person that did the Delphi homicides certainly has the makeup of a serial offender. And so here we are waiting for, unfortunately, the other shoe to drop and that he will at some point re-offend. And then we will be on to him for sure, because that's what we've seen time and time again with the media and with speculation about bridge guy and about Delphi that anytime one of these guys goes out and commits some horrible, horrible crime that now we're boom, put his face on a poster. This is a guy that we've been looking for the whole time. Thanks for joining us here in the garage for all of our old episodes. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have a bonus show called Off the Record. So if you need more True Crime Garage in your earballs, go to Stitcher Premium and check out Off the Record by True Crime Garage. Join us back here in the garage. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't wait.
Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.